Uh, this is Patrick Richardson. I am the Global CMO and Managing Director of the Americas, and this is Humanistic. And today with us, uh, we have Leah Jarrett, Product Manager from Google, working on Flutter. Um, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Hi, yeah, I'm Leah. So like you said, I'm a Product Manager working on Flutter. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I love living in New York City, so that's a big part of who I am. But yeah, I work on mostly the iOS and design space within Flutter, and I also manage our relationships with different agencies, which is how I got to know you all at Hedgehog Lab so well. Yeah, and we had an amazing breakfast in New York City just the other day, and it was great catching up with you. Um, what What's one of the biggest, you know, I mean, you work at Google, so everybody knows like, oh, so amazing to work there. But, you know, having been there for four years, what, what's the one thing that you love about the business um, that might just be a little off off uh, the, the normal reasons everybody loves Google? Yeah, I feel like my cliche normal answer is the people, but everyone says that. So um, I think specifically for Flutter, Google kind of has this culture of letting people run small experiments, especially from an engineering perspective, and grow those into products. And that's really how Flutter came about. Um, I, you know, don't hold me on the history too tightly because I wasn't there when Flutter first started, but I'm pretty sure it came out of some experiments running on the Chrome team. And I just think that really speaks to Google's culture of letting engineers kind of let their imagination run wild and seeing what types of products we can build from that. And you came from the from cloud, right, into into Flutter. So what what was that transition like and what were some of the things that you loved about, you know, being on the cloud team? Yeah, so I actually was working at a startup called Looker, and a couple of years after I joined, Looker was acquired by Google Cloud. So that's how I ended up inside of GCP. And I worked in Google Cloud for um, a little more than two years. And in that time, I continued to work on Looker, which is a business intelligence platform. So like creating dashboards, exploring your data. And I also worked a little bit on BigQuery, which is one of the databases that Google Cloud offers. And that was a really great experience because I spent a lot of time working directly with large enterprise customers and learning about their needs. Uh, it was very customer oriented. You're, you're often working with a smaller number of really high value customers and trying to understand how we can solve their business priorities. Um, it's very different from the Flutter world, which sits in a whole different part of Google. Flutter, of course, is open source. So we don't even know a lot of the people using Flutter. You know, we don't have a way to say like this specific company is using Flutter unless they proactively reach out to us. We don't know, you know, exactly the, the names of apps that are built with Flutter from looking at the data that we collect. So it's a really different type of experience. All right. Well, now we're going to go way back. And can you tell me a little about yourself and where you were raised and a bit about your sort of early days that maybe led you to, to, to the great heights that you're at now? Sure. Yeah. I grew up on Long Island, a couple hours outside of New York City. And growing up, I was actually really into art. I love to draw and paint. And I thought I could show you like, oh, wow. my, this is my little, uh, treadmill room, art studio, sometimes office that's currently under construction. So 
um, yeah, I love to do art. I always thought I would do that as my career. And when I went to college, I actually majored in fine arts for the first year before I switched into the School of Engineering. And I always joke that that was like the best phone call my mom ever received, where I said I decided to change my major from drawing and painting <laughs> to engineering. <laughs> Yeah, um, I have a very similar story. I grew up, I wanted to be an artist. My dad was like, yeah, like, what are you going to do? And when I found graphic design or commercial art at the time is what they called it. Like, I was like, okay, this is a way to appease my dad that I can have a job, but I can also be an artist, you know, uh, so similar, sort of similar story there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I um, I never really knew anyone in like graphic design. I guess I didn't know that much about it or UX design when I was in college or else I feel like maybe I would have gone down that path more. But that was a big reason why I took the role in Flutter because when I first learned about Flutter, uh, a big thing that comes up when Tim Smith, who used to be our product director, would give pitches on Flutter is he would talk about how designers can bring their wildest dreams to life and Flutter's this blank canvas. I was like, oh, well, this is a cool way to kind of bridge the gap between technology and art and design. One, one other, just an aside, was I've noticed having been, you know, in development and design and development for probably the last decade is there's a lot of kids who are in uh, music. Uh, musical departments that I guess, you know, just like music was sort of like the side gig and then they were trying to do it, you know, trying to get into it professionally, but they realized, yeah, maybe this isn't right for me. And then they started developing on the side. And and so like in my, you know, past, I've, I've walked across so many people. My last CTO was like a musical major uh, coming out of school. And now, now he does uh, computer science. So so you did data science for PepsiCo. What what was that like? <laughs> it was great. So I wound up going to school for biomedical engineering, and I thought maybe I would do research in computational biology. So when I first graduated school, I went to a PhD program where I was uh, trying to get my doctorate degree in computational biology. So um, after about a year of that, I was like, I think I need to get out of academia. Just It wasn't for me. There's a really long road ahead of you. Yeah. So uh, data science was a career that kind of had to do with some of the skills that I had learned in that brief period where I was in the PhD program. I was taking machine learning classes. I was you know, applying data science techniques just to biological data. So it was a natural progression when I wanted to go into the industry to do something similar, take those same skills and techniques, but apply them to different data sets. Um, and I really liked the team at Pepsi. At the time, they were building up uh, this whole department for e-commerce. And that was kind of a, a really big but new revenue stream for them. So the sellers, you know, all these grocers were starting to have online markets, Amazon, all these places were selling PepsiCo products online. Um, so our team focused on trying to look at how we can optimize the supply chain for this, how we can optimize marketing channels. Uh, and you just had access to so much data, which was really cool. So you gave me a little of the history that you started in art, you moved into data science. So my big question is, what was the moment that you realized you could do both or that you had a, an interest in both, you know, because I think in my history too, it was like, I always thought like, if you're an artist, 
you know, everybody said you worked with one side of your brain and you couldn't, you know, you couldn't go do the other side. And uh, when was your moment in time where you were like, I can do this. Like I have this wonky data side and I have this artistic side. When, when did that all come to fruition? Uh, hearing you say that reminds me of my grandpa who's an electrical or was an electrical engineer, but also an amazing artist. And he would um, do lots of portraits and just like draw these beautiful pencil drawings that were hanging up all over our house. And he always used to tell me that I had both the left and the right brain, just like him, because my favorite classes in school were always math and art. I could do without, you know, uh, English yeah. and history. That's definitely not my forte. But so again, when I went to college, I, I started off as a fine arts major, but I still took um, some math courses my first year. And I actually preferred the math classes to my art classes because art classes in college, maybe as you know, are really hardcore. You work really hard and everyone just criticizes all of your art. And I was like, you know what? I think I like math better. If I study hard enough, like I'll get a good grade, whereas art is so subjective. I, you know, it's funny. Everybody says it's so peaceful and like art, you know, but in college, I went to Syracuse University our first year, which is sophomore year uh, of the program. We had too many kids. So the professors didn't like that. So they started hazing us, like literally hazing us. So one of our professors would take a Bic lighter and they would go around and look at everybody's work on the wall and they say, who did this? And they like, literally there was a story where he burned it off the wall. I mean, people were like sobbing <laughs> and like leaving and he was just like, all right, we're getting down to like the people who can stay in graphic design. I was, I was really worried about the industry. I was like, is this what it's like? Is this what I'm getting into? And maybe a little it was when I, when I first get into it, but, and, and funny, another story is uh, one of my, one of the people that inspired me the most was my grandfather, who was a lawyer for his entire life. And then when he retired, he started painting. And and so I saw the softer side of him, you know, and, and I've got a I've got a painting uh, in my house that, you know, he sort of inspired me with. So oh. anyway, uh, so let's move back into the technology. Um, so very tech savvy. Um, but how do you use technology in everyday life? What's a day in your life look like in, in your use of technology? Um, well, my husband would definitely disagree with you saying I'm tech savvy because even though I have like an <clears throat> engineering background and I use technology every day, I think like the smaller things I'm always asking him for help with. And even though I work in iOS development, I like have an allergic reaction to downloading too many apps on my phone. I like, you know, if there are more than two pages of apps, I'm like, time to do a purge. I don't want this many apps on my phone. It's overwhelming. <laughs> so uh, he might disagree with you. Okay. But definitely in my everyday life, like most people, I'm using my phone way more than I should. I have a, an addiction to TikTok because I have younger sisters in Gen Z world that are always sending me <laughs> TikTok videos to watch. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very into listening to podcasts, especially everything through the New York Times. I think they do a great job with content. But in the Flutter world, I, I spend a lot of time trying to actually build demos or like small proof of concepts using the Flutter framework. So you'll often find me on my MacBook with VS Code open and the iOS simulator open, playing around with things, trying to make sure that we have a happy path for users when they're trying to accomplish something. 
Excellent. Excellent. Um, tell it. Do you have a story where you think all the way through from like the beginning to where you're at now that technology maybe changed your life a little? Is there a a nugget of something that that sort of reminds you of a story? Hmm. I, I think I really fell in love with programming and that sort of technology in this one class I took when I was an undergraduate. So I was majoring in biomedical engineering and I took this class where we were writing programs to like simulate different uh like how diseases spread or how a metabolic pathway works in your body. And just like these, like basically programming how some, an algorithm would happen in like real life in a biological sense. And I just remember thinking like it was so powerful, like to be experimenting and reading about what scientists were working on, especially when it came to like genomics data and like cancer research, you know, I think in when I was in college was maybe when they completed the first like human genome sequence, which mm -hmm. is crazy because all of a sudden we had this like file that lives on your computer that says like, this is what the normal like human genome sequence is like here are all the letters that you would use to, to represent it. And I just thought that it was so powerful and that there's so many opportunities for doing like really life-changing, world-changing research if you apply technology to the right types of uh, problems. Okay, so we're at Rose, Thorn, and Bud. So the Rose is tell us something that happened to you, the, the best thing that happened to you in the last year. And it could be anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be business, personal. This is in the intersection of all of it. Uh, well, like I was telling you before, I did get married this year, so I think it would... Uh, be wrong of me not to say that yeah. um, it was a, a, a great wedding you know nothing went terribly wrong but of course uh, everything always does go wrong <laughs> so there, it, there's a lot to it yeah. yeah all right so, what is the biggest challenge you've tackled we're gonna put the we're gonna put the wedding aside because that that probably is the the biggest challenge you've also faced in the last year <laughs> I've been through it. Well, outside of the wedding, what's the biggest challenge you've been tackling over the past year? Um, well, I think a lot of people in the technology space might agree with kind of like the explosion of generative AI at the beginning of last year, really um, kind of changing the course for a lot of tech companies. It certainly had a big impact on how we're approaching product decisions at Google. You know, obviously Google is an AI first company. And while Flutter is not necessarily a tool that is specifically used for either developing AI or working with AI, I think we've been trying to spend a lot of time thinking about how we can uh, bring all this AI goodness into the Flutter development worlds. Um, and of course, this can take a lot of different turns and some things are kind of obvious, like making sure Flutter apps can easily talk to these Google API AI services. Um, but we're also trying to think more out of the box of how can we like more approach this from a creative perspective and do something different that other frameworks or teams aren't thinking of. And how about a bud? What are you looking forward to in 2024? Um, well, I think one of the things that I'm specifically working on in the Flutter team is uh, 
figuring out how we can make it easier to build custom design systems in Flutter's framework. Right now we have these two kind of distinct libraries. We have the material library, which follows materials design system, which is used on Android and other Google platforms. And then we have um, the Cupertino library, which follows Apple's design system. And we've heard a lot of feedback from people that kind of these two separate libraries don't work. It's hard to use them both. Both of them are pretty rigid in terms of customization. You have to like bifurcate your code. So we're really trying to tackle this problem and figure out how we can make this easier. Um, and I feel like we're making a lot of progress. So I'm excited to see what next year has to offer there. So last question. This one's one big thing. So give us one big thing as it relates to business technology or life that you would just like to pass along to the viewers about your journey, your, your sort of story uh, between technology, business, and, and your life. Yeah, I think uh, I mentor a lot of students and I give them this advice all the time. It's to like be excited about what you're working on, especially as a product manager. I think if you're not really excited and passionate about your product like you can't really be a good product manager you can't inspire other people to use your product you can't put yourself in your user's shoes so i would just um you know encourage everyone to try to work on something that you're passionate and excited about or if you're not you know maybe super passionate about that product maybe find areas where you can get really excited about something that you're working on well, this is my second time talking to you. I know you're passionate about it. I really thank you for joining us today. Uh, Leah Jarrett, product manager at Google with Flutter. Thank you very much. And you can get the humanistic uh, podcast on Spotify and YouTube or find it right here on Hedgehog Lab. Thanks so much, Leah. Great. Thank you for having me.